The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. Beyond. Oh, man, you were slow in the game. We have to pay them money now. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 291. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Dark Knight of News, Andrew Goldfarb. You spilled some coffee on your papers. Yeah, this cup is giving me rings around the roses, if you know what I'm saying. Does that say Voltaire at the top? It says volume. Oh. Because you, like everyone else... In the whole fucking world. It's like, I can't hear the podcast. And I'm like, I know. And I tweet about it. And I Facebook about it. And then I'm still getting messages today about it. We get it. All right. I'm going through the extra step of dragging this MP3 into a different program because no one knows how to use the mystical machine that is GarageBand at IGN, nor the mystical soundboard. (laughs) So we have solutions in place. I find that really interesting. I do too. Well, we're not a a radio company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We got a lot of complaints. Yeah, we hear you. We're working on it. It's the new podcast room. Everything's got to be set back 20 years. And alongside Andrew Goldfarb is none other than the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Believe. You got to believe. No, it's believe. Mm. You emphasize the L-I, mm. right? Mm. I, I, I looked at your tweets. I was like, that's weird. He made a weird typo. And then I thought about it. And I was like, oh, it's because he's from. That's on all their stuff now. I got to get some shirts and stuff yeah. like that. Charlie Gatson writes into beyond at IGN.com just like you can, Andrew Goldfarb. And you have. <laughs> that's true. Charlie says, well, hello and beyond. Beyond. I scrolled through Colin's weekly PlayStation Plus update, and at the end I noticed it mentions Colin is a senior editor now. How long is that? How long has he been a senior editor? It's nice to see Colin making his way up the company as he has shed blood, sweat, and tears. Way to go, Colin. I look forward to all your stuff. Thanks again, Charlie Gatson. Thank you. Charlie, this is brand new. This is brand, brand new. Colin just got this promotion on Monday. Thank you. I appreciate that. He's no longer a a sophomore or a freshman or a junior. Correct. Nice senior. He's going to graduate. He's still a straight yeah. bitch. No, I'm definitely. There's no, that's never going to change no matter what. I can be the CEO. Ah, you want to talk about your, your role there? What, what, what does it mean, senior editor? Uh, well, it doesn't really mean anything. No, I'm only kidding. Um, so, so he does all of our columns about senior citizens. He's mm-hmm. going to be handling like uh, columns about the original Wii and right. um, like games for elderly people. Right, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, I've been in charge of uh, the IGN PlayStation channels for a couple months. No one's really noticed. No one's noticed. Yeah, that's been the fun part. Um... 
but Greg's kind of himself been promoted and moved up to use what we we describe as that PlayStation special sauce. Yeah, you describe it as that way. I like that. I've, I've, uh, I've taken that as uh, you know the rest of this. As you know, IGN PlayStation is probably the most. The, well, let's say the loudest. I was going to say the most vocal. That's not necessarily true. Just the fucking loudest part yeah. of the site. Yeah. Gre- Greg and I have. Greg and I have. Uh, Robots. Greg and I have. I think done a great job with IGN PlayStation. And so the, the idea is to take is to take uh, what Greg has done. You know, with our video initiatives and stuff, and just kind of democratize it to make sure everyone's kind of getting in on that special sauce. And in the meantime, I was given, you know, charge of IGN PlayStation, so IGN PS3, PS4, and Vita are mine. And I've basically just been promoted, I guess, to reflect the, uh, you know, the, my hard work, of course, but yeah. also the fact that I'm kind of in charge of these things now. You've like, been here a long time. Yeah. You got all this responsibility. You yeah. deserve something. Yeah, it so I'm very honored by it. It's very it honored, cracked me up honor. when you got it. You tweeted that, you know, I'm senior editor now, but I'm still in charge of PlayStation. Don't worry. And everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe. Don't change beyond. Don't. It's like we did this two months ago. And no, <laughs> no, one, no one even noticed because, like, the content hasn't changed. We're still doing the show. The conversations, everything you'd expect. Some Sugar Rain? No, no. I got a new rap album this week. It what dropped from you? Strange uh, Music, The Ritz. It's good. He, well, they call him White Jesus, The Ritz. The, uh, I'll let you listen to it okay. at home today. Sure. You're going to like it. You're going to dig it. I met The Ritz. He's a good guy. Good okay. character. You, uh, you were tweeting at him earlier. I was. You were tweeting back. I got photos of him. It's, it's a big deal. The Ritz. It's weird that I have to turn my head to look at you and then turn back to the mic. Well, why don't you just do like, well, I guess it doesn't work for you. You don't have to. Why don't you just angle yourself out a little bit more and bring it in? Like this? We're recording this, but I mean, it's just like the normal thing. We're going to put B-roll over. Nobody okay. wants to see our faces. Well, That's probably blocking your face anyway. Can't I want to see look like Darth face. Vader over there. We're going to have to pay people for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you understand how this works. <laughs> I'm sure the rights to the doors are cheap. We don't make any money off podcasts. We actually lose an exorbitant yeah. amount, so it doesn't matter. Don't worry. No advertising on this one. Um, let's talk about Podcast Beyond 300. My God. Okay. Last week, we opened it up. Said if you wanted to be part of Podcast Beyond 300, you needed to write into beyond at IGN.com, subject line, Beyond 300 invite. And then we would eventually start getting back to people once we had more details. We're firming up the details right now on where we're going to be. Goldfarb overheard some of it today. I'm very excited for the venue they're looking at right now. That excites me. It's a very, very nice venue. If not, they have a backup. And if not, then, of course, we always have the lunchroom. Or my apartment. Or Goldfarb's apartment. Just go to Clements's place. I'll tell you what, there's a special VIP ticket for one lady, I'm sure, at Beyond 300, <laughs> and there's a one-way ticket to Pound Town in Goldfarb's apartment. Uh, what? <laughs> Does that mean what I think it means? Yeah, I'm just setting, I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm just letting people, look at how ready That's vulgar. Look at how ready I'm just letting, Good just, Lord. Letting, just letting the ladies know. Good you're in Lord. here and you're visiting from Massachusetts, you want to see some Beyond 300? Go for from, Specifically from Massachusetts. Mm. So. <laughs> That's the one thing we... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Beyond 300 is coming up. We're looking at venues. Uh, that is pretty much what's clutch on how many people we can invite. I'll tell you right now, Colin and I talked about this the, the Wednesday after we made this announcement. Holy shit, a lot more of you. The show is means a lot more to more people this time around. A lot of people. The first day we had 150 RSVPs. The first 24-hour mm-hmm. period. So uh, we are eventually going to have to cut people off. Not soon, I don't think. I think if, if we get the venue we're looking at, we're still sitting pretty. We still should be able to get everybody in. Uh, and again, like I always say, I think I think if you want to come, we should be able to support everybody. I know that's not good if you're trying you're trying to book tickets or whatever. Keep in mind though, tickets usually don't go crazy until like a month and a half out out from an event, mm-hmm. so we still have time. July twelfth, Friday, July twelfth, we'll have in- final information soon. I'm excited. Me, ah, oh, man, I can't wait. Is Mike Mitchell going to be there? I can't tell you. I will not. I will. I will tell you. I will. I will not confirm or deny guests. Okay. But if you were about to say, man, podcast beyond makes me think of this person, probably going to be there. Alexandra Daddario. Oh, I, I, <laughs> all right, you, you asshole. You know what I mean. Jimmy Carter. Of course. 
Okay. Founder of the Peanut, he'll be there. Yeah, he's he is the founder of the Peanut. <laughs> the founder of the Peanut. In 1974. <laughs> Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Uh, there are nine items on. Nine, that. number nine, lucky number nine. Yeah, that's what they said. Nine a ball, corner nine pocket. Ball. Yep, yep. There you go. The nine ball in the corner pocket. <laughs> number one. Sony has submitted a trademark application in the U.S. for a game known as The Order 1886. Literally nothing else is known about it right now, though it's confirmed to be a video game title in the trademark application. A lot of theories out there that this is a Gorillaz game. Um, why? why? What's the, I what's think people the... just assume, like, everyone knows that Gorillaz is working on a third game sure. that we don't know about. Uh, of course, the other two are Killzone, Shadowfall, and Killzone Vita. What is that one called? That is Mercenary. Uh, Mercenary. I was going to say Liberation, but that's the PSP one. Uh, so, I mean, it could, it's possible. I, I did some research on the year 1886. Really nothing of interest happened that year. So I don't I don't know what the hell this is, but it does sound like it could be the Gorilla game, I guess. It's definitely a first-party game. Um, it's 100 years before I was born. Wow. There you go. That's probably what it's about. Um, what if it's the new name for Warrior's Lair? Ooh, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I still think Warrior's Lair is... There's, so there were, we never wrote about it because we couldn't corroborate it. Right. But there was... A lengthy post. Yeah, a really interesting lengthy forum post on this uh, on this uh, forum uh, from a guy claiming to be from the developer that worked on uh, Warrior's Lair saying that the game is basically canned, that a lot of interesting stuff happened with it and... Uh, um, you know, that it was almost done, that they needed more money or something, and there was layoffs at that studio, I remember, last year, and... Uh, this is almost going to be as bad as the Apple, I think. <laughs> and uh, what's interesting, what's really frustrating to me about Warrior's Lair, actually, is that I played it. So, you know... Yeah, we played it at that event where there was the earthquake, and then you played it even more than that at different events I didn't get to go you to. You were at an event where there was an earthquake? Yeah, we were both at that event. Yeah, yeah, yeah underground in San Francisco, that was fun. Yeah, that was a really good place to be. We were in, like, a basement. Wow. Um, but I played it in San Diego with Clements before the Vita even came out. So this wow. game had been... A long like this. I don't. I don't understand what the hell is going on with this game or why it was canceled. But according to that guy on that forum post, it was only a few months away from being done. Yeah. Um. So who the fuck knows? I really want that game. I, there's. I, I, the other day I cracked open the Vita on the train. I was like, I want to play something. And I scrolled through my games and I was like, Nope. Turned it off. Went back to reading the iPhone. Like it's just there was nothing on there I wanted. But like that kind of like, let's just you know action RPG kind of thing. Diablo. Let's what run through. Let's level. Let's you play Silent games. Hill Book of Memories. I did. I remember playing that distinctly and enjoying it because I was like, Well, this is kind of what I want. I wasn't a fan. I know. Well, I don't. I think I gave it like what five or six or something. You gave it a six. You know what I've been playing? Jack and Daxter. No, I've been playing the DLC for Little Big Planet Vita. Oh, you're telling me about this one, the yeah, Marvel one. the Avengers one. DLC. I really like it. I don't, I don't even know when it came out, but I like it. There's it, trophies for all of it. It was recent. I, I downloaded it, but I haven't done anything with it. Uh, I mean, there's three games in it. I've only played the first one, which is Hero Rush, but I'm really enjoying it. I have all the trophies but one, which is to get to level 20. I'm at, like, level 17. Okay. All out. Number two. Contrary to rumors circulating around the net, publisher Deep Silver has confirmed to IGN that Metro Last Light is not confirmed for PlayStation 4. A bad translation of an interview with the Ukrainian outlet seemed to have confirmed it, but that's not the case. According to Deep Silver, 4A Games will consider bringing it to PS4 in the future if it, quote, makes commercial sense. Um, so it does well. Yeah, that story was, like, circulating everywhere, and I'm like, I needed to, like, kind of reach out to the source and figure out where this was coming from, and they were like, that's not even it true. It was just funny how, like, a 10-second, like, hey, what's up with this? They were like, nope, not true. Like, <laughs> if anyone had reached out. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, that was originally going to come to Wii U. It's not coming to Wii U. Like, they clearly just want to get the, the main versions out and then worry about extra stuff later. Yeah, definitely. Do you care about the game? A bunch of people are tweeting I'm, rev- I'm reviewing it. it. I mean, I wrote our preview of it for E3 last year, and I 
think it looks really interesting, but it's just like, it, I, like that game under THQ, everyone thought it would be out by now. Like it, it seemed like a Q1 game. Um, and I don't know, like there's just other stuff I'm more excited about. Like that could be the best game of all time, but it's just like, it's going to get lost in the shuffle a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I saw Behind Closed Doors maybe two years ago? At E3? I don't know. I really liked the way it looked. It looked really gritty. It looked kind of like Wolfenstein or something. like. Yeah. No, it looks like um, a really cool game. I just, I worry that like with The Last of Us and Beyond and Grand Theft Auto and all these other current gen games that like Metro is just not at the top of my list. Yeah, we'll see. Get it soon, I think. Uh, Number three. Capcom has, quote, no plans, end quote, to bring its seminal handheld series Monster Hunter to PS Vita. Capcom community specialist Yuri Aryujo, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, confirmed this on a post on the Ask Capcom message boards. Well, there's always soul sacrifice, Greg. Yes, yeah. you reviewed that. That's our topic of the week. Mm. Do it now? Yeah, sure. You want to do that? That's how the show rolls. Okay. Uh, it's out this week. Mm-hmm. You gave it a 7-7. Yes. Give everybody a quick synopsis there of soul sacrifice. Uh, it's a game on the Vita. Uh, you play it with the buttons on the Vita and the analog sticks. Uh, so no great. touch. I, I want right. to touch everything. <laughs> uh, Number four. On yeah. the <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a really good game. Um, it's a uh, Monster Hunter clone or a fantasy star online clone or whatever. It's it's it's. Um, How do you describe it in that email? Hmm? The thing that Make has mad. You were like, it's a Monster Hunter clone, but not. Oh, but not boring. Not yeah, not incredibly boring. That's um, yeah, it's, oh, it's me, Kizzy McDonald. <laughs> so it, it it suffers from the same problems that even Ragnarok Odyssey or other games like this suffer from, which is like repetition. Now that's at the core of the game, and and that's fine if you keep doing something over and over again. But there's a limited amount of maps and enemies, um, like lots of palace swaps. There are really only like four or five enemy types in the game that aren't bosses. So. And, like, you know, you fight a spider, and maybe it's a different color, and this and a little stronger. But it's, like, it's like th- there's a little disappointing presentational problems with it um, like that. But overall, it's a good game. And I think that RPG fans, uh, especially people that are looking to invest a lot of time um, and have something that's both accessible for hours at a time or for minutes at a time, um, will really like what they what they have with Soul Sacrifice. I recommend it. Um, I think it's I think it's good. It could have been better. Sure. Um, I really like the pre- like. There's a story which is cool. Um, I started skipping through the story because I was just like, uh, like it's a long game, right? It's it is a long game. I, I I got to the final boss in like 21 hours or something like that. Um, but there are but there are dozens of missions that I didn't do like side quest missions, but I did all the main quest missions. Um, and got my guy up to like level 60 or so. Okay. Um, combined. Um, I mean, you're describing kind of what I've wanted from Vita for a little while, so I think I'll probably try it out. Yeah, it's it's a good game. It's just, it's not, like, we recorded a video today, Greg and I did, uh, you know, just to kind of talking a little bit about it. It's not, I think people had really high expectations for this game, that this was going to be, like, the killer app for Vita, and it's not. Um, there are definitely many better games on the Vita. Um, I don't say many, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of, you know, I always go back to Docker and Uncharted and Unit 13 right. and Escape Plan, but but like but like Escape Plan or Docker or Unit 13 specifically, this game gets Vita, which I think is really cool. Like, it, it's not heavy on touch you really don't have to touch the screen at all um the presentation's cool everything's experienced through a book called Librum. um that's actually really cool and it tells you stories and you're reliving someone's past to learn the skills you need to get out of your current predicament so it's actually kind of a cool thing and you can go and fight the last boss at any time um so it's like chrono trigger yeah kind of um so I got my clock lean when I did it. The credits still rolled, so the game still ended and stuff like that. You can go back and do it again and stuff. So it's a, it's a it's a nifty little game. I think people are gonna are are gonna dig it. Well, let's reach into the Beyond mailbag and see what people sent to Beyond at IGN.com, just like Andrew Goldfarb used to. <laughs> Giuliano Diaz writes and it says Beyond. Beyond. My question is for the senior editor, the pride of Long mm. Island. In Colin's review, he mentioned that you could choose to save the bosses you defeated, and they would be part of your team. What is the benefit in not saving them? 
Um, well, so you have like little sisters, like I can harvest or yeah, kind of, okay. but yeah, it, that's actually a pretty good, a pretty good analog. I mean, so when you fight, you fight like these standard monsters and they just disappear and you can either, and you can absorb their essence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is how the game levels up. You have life and magic essence and you can, le- I level them up evenly, but you can actually level them up in different orders. Anything leading up to, I think, to level 99. So any permutation of that. Would you recommend not doing that? Some, like pe- some, people sa- some people said not to do that, but like that you get benefits if you do them Commit more one or the other, but I like stayed in the middle. Um, and I was fine. Um, so you can do that, but if you fight monsters, they're really like corrupted souls, and when you defeat the monster, they turn into humans, and they beg you to save them. Um, and you can either sacrifice them and get all their power for magic, or you can save them um, and get their life energy, and then they'll join your party. But there, eventually you get like so many characters that you, and you just swap them in and out, they like join you and they're AI controlled, yeah. that there's really no reason to save like more than a few characters. I use the same two characters like throughout the game. They, they, they have an, leveling too? Sorry, they that. have an affinity level, okay. so um, I got them both up to affinity level S, and I'm not really sure like even what the, you know, maybe they just fight better or something like that, but you know, so, so in other words, like if you want to save everyone, you can do that, but sacrificing the characters gets you magic, which magic power, which you're going to need to. See, I played, we talked about this in the conversation, right? I played, like, a little bit of the prologue, probably, like, one or two missions in. And it was, I was like, eh. And then Caleb wanted to borrow it, and I totally gave it up. But the more you talk about it, the more I want to play it. You know I mean? Maybe just that the presentation in the beginning is like, eh, it's a little flat, I thought, and then this happens. But then the gameplay was fine. Like, yeah, the idea yeah. of it. And I, I definitely would like something I could just level up over and over again. Yeah, all the ideas you're four. describing are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the game, what's cool about the game is it's, not, like, Ragnarok Odyssey really just wasn't a good game because... It's arcadey, which is fine. I like arcadey feeling games, but that it was button mashy. Like it was a button masher, and it was also vertical. Um, you know, soul sacrifice is not vertical. You can't jump, so it's much more about dodging and bobbing and weaving and stuff like that. And you can only use your spells a certain amount of times without replenishing them. They're called offerings in the game, so it's inherently not a button masher. And that, that's what I really like. You you have to be very careful. You only bring six spells into the into the fight with you, and you're stuck with those six spells. So I'd always have three healing items and then three melee weapons with me. But you could always have like projectiles and and right. and status effects and stuff like that with you. Um, but you can only use them like maybe five times. If you use it too many times, it breaks. Then you have to use um, this stuff called Lacrima to repair it if you want. But the cool thing about the offerings is that you can then level them up, combine them, make them stronger and stuff like that. It's really cool. Plus, um, the game gets its its name, you know, Soul Sacrifice, of course, from sacrificing or saving the enemies you meet, but also by using these things called Black Rites, which um, are like super hyper-powerful spells that have con- like serious consequences when you use them. And I think that that's really cool as well. Cool. Um, so like you can erupt in flames and like scorch everything on the screen, but then you are permanently burned and you lose 50% of your, your defense until you use Lacrima to heal yourself. Uh, but there's only a specific amount of lacrima in the game and it's like really precious so you it, it encourages you not to use it too much That's um, so it's cool I, I really dig it there's one spell where you can like uh, there's like eyeball like an eyeball shield or something that you can you can like summon and like use it to attack glasses? enemies are they glasses no. Is it Ben Stein? No, 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 no. Uh, but then for using it your screen like you can't see anymore and your screen is just like a little like like a little circle in the middle um, Interesting. But it's like really powerful. So if you're like in a in a predicament, then you use it or whatever. I, I I don't know. The game's really cool. It's it's a fun game. Okay. I mean, when I hear you talk about complex battle systems, it just makes me want you to play Persona even more. I will. Ian writes Worry in not. from Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm. 
He says, much respect to Colin for another great review of Soul Sacrifice and the promotion to senior editor at IGN. Thank you. Soul Sacrifice question is, I see you can create a female or male character, thou? It seems as if the story in the book is from a male perspective. Is there any difference and or reasoning to choose one or the other? Does it affect the game? I don't know. It's a good question. I always play as males in these games. So See, I always play as girls. So my character is a girl, and at no point did it was it like calling me boy or anything like that. It, I didn't. But I don't think it does affect. The, I mean, when I'm thinking about the story, I, I don't think uh, I don't think it affects anything. You're 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 reliving things through other people's lives, so I don't think it matters really. I don't want to spoil the story too much, but sure. It's all I don't the, think it's I don't think it affects it. All right. Interesting. Then he has one question here. It's a Vita question overall because you put in your review this isn't the end all be all game for no, Vita. No, definitely not. He says Vita question. What characteristics are we looking for in a game to make it the killer app or the be-all, end-all? For me personally, it was and is Persona 4 Golden, which I have yet to beat, but if I had ever used crack, I would assume that's the effect it would have on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this is a question we have a lot, and I'm, I'm actually considering, you know the piece uh, that you know I've been throwing around for a long time that you and I will kind of collaborate on and write once a week. This is the story uh, th- that I want to write right now, is like what people look for in a Vita game, because when I think about the Vita games I love the most, they're all different. And so I think that it's, for instance, I really think Golden Abyss is awesome. I think that game's really good. That's a console quality game. Yeah. So in, in that sense, like you're looking for a console quality game that I think is better than Drake's Fortune. But with Super Stardust Delta, which I think is possibly still the best game on the, on the platform, this is a game that is basically an iteration of a PSN game on PS3, but feels right at home on the Vita. And so you're looking for something completely different there. Yeah. You look at a game like Escape Plan or Dockero, which are both touch-based Games, which are both excellent, excellent games um, for, you know, in terms of Vita, you know, but, you know, good games overall, but excellent games that understand what the Vita is, especially Dakara. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 uh, one of those things that I think changes a lot. You know, I, 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 you know, with a game like Persona, I guess you're looking for something that's like uh, engrossing and long and that you can play it in little bits and bursts. And that's kind of I think the thing Soul Sacrifice gets the most is that it's it's it kind of meets in the middle. It's It's a game that's accessible for a few minutes at a time. But it's somewhat console quality too. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's obviously preference based, right? Like, I mean, if if you really, really like fighting games, then I'm sure it's Mortal Kombat or Marvel vs. Capcom three for you Ladies or something blue. on there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, there's no answer. Depends. There's no answer. But um, yeah, I mean, there are some titles that take like you know, for for me personally, I think for Greg, like Little Big Planet's a really good example of something that uses a lot of the features of the Vita really, really well. That doesn't mean it's for everyone, you know. Like for yeah. some people, that is the killer app. For some people, it's just more Little Big Planet, you know. And I think it just depends on who you are. Um, I will say one thing that's awesome about the Vita that I think, like, whenever someone just, like, I remember when Altano got his Vita and he was like, man, like, I have no desire to play Uncharted because why would I want to play, like, a really long game on the go? But it's, like, the fact that you can just pause and switch out of the app so easily on Vita is amazing. You know, like, mm-hmm. the fact that it is so easy to, to kind of cheat and pause at any point is just awesome. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's important to make the case, too, that... Um, you know, the reason I brought that up in the Soul Sacrifice review specifically is because people were fixing to that game a sort of savior status sure. um, for a long time, and it's not that game. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I think I was pretty clear that, like, it's not a game you should buy a Vita for. Yeah. You know, it's a game that if you have a Vita, you definitely want to consider. But I wouldn't, I would, there are games that I'd buy a Vita for, and that's not the game. You know, I'd buy, I'd buy Vita for Uncharted. You know, uh, I'd buy Vita, you know, I, I, I could even see a person buying Vita for a game like Gravity Rush or something, but not. Which I, I think is just a good game. I don't think it's like an amazing game, yeah. but I get it. Um, Persona. Yeah, Persona, of course, uh, but not that game. Gotcha. One final question here about Soul Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. This one comes from Ben from Canada. Beyond. 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 Hey, guys, my question is for Colin. After reading your Soul Sacrifice review, my question for you is, how does the graphics compare to other Vita games like Uncharted and even Ragnarok Odyssey? 
All the best. Ben from Canada. Um, the graphics are, are fine. I, I don't think they're like kind of not really noteworthy. Yeah. Um, I think the presentation is actually really good, especially when you're in Librem, the book, because um, it's it's text and voice acted, but there's like kind of pictures behind it. Some of them are really stunning too. Like every once in a while, you get like a stunning page that's just like absolutely gorgeous. The in-game stuff is is fine. I mean, it's it's pretty standard Vita fare. It definitely looks better than Ragnarok Odyssey. It definitely doesn't look as good as Uncharted. Um, and I'd kind of just leave it there. It's kind of a more surprisingly colorful game too than you might expect from some of the maps you might have seen or some of the screenshots you've seen as well. So. The one thing that I'm positive about this game, though, not associated with the look, is that this game's going to have legs. Um, and like we broke on, um, you know, I, I talked to Inafune and got, you know, confirmation that he is talking to Sony about doing a sequel. So I wouldn't be surprised about seeing this game iterated on very soon. And that's exciting because it sounds like your problems with it aren't the core functionality. Your problems are some very specific problems with this first game. So a sequel could yeah. pr- theoretically fix a lot. Yeah, of I mean, like like I said, I asked in the review, I asked a hypothetical question, like how difficult is it to just have more enemy variety and more maps? Yeah. If, the, if the game's all about going to maps and fighting enemies, just make more of them. That would go a long way towards fixing some of these problems. And I also think some of the statistical minutia that people look for in RPGs is missing here too, but I understand that they're trying to do something different. But I always like the equipment. Like, I've been playing Dragon Fantasy which is like an old school inspired RPG. And I just love the like grinding and getting that 300 gold and buying that yeah. leather armor just to have plus three defense. Like oh there's just God. something really addicting about that. And you don't have that quite that, that like same progress, right? Yeah. Like just by little things. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's why like after I platinum persona, I've been starving for that. Right. That's why like I would not that I love final fantasy 10 over the other final fantasy games, but I really want final fantasy 10 to come out so that I can have that, you know, like yeah. I just want like that, like, long JRPG experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like Rainbow Moon once it comes out. Sounds like Rainbow Moon. One. Yeah, yeah, Rainbow Moon's going to be dope. What else is on the Roper Report? Uh, number four. Believe it or not, Dust514 has a release date. What? The free-to-play MMO FPS is cleverly set for launch on PS3 on May 14th. Get it? Uh, Dust514 Neocom, the Vita <laughs> companion app for the game, will launch later this summer. Um, still figuring out how we're going to review that game. Um, I don't think I'm going to do it. But uh, we definitely want to give it, you know, some time and attention. It's an it's an MMO. So yeah. just so for the readers out there to know, it's our review will not be ready um, we'll until late in May. I assume. Right, yeah. work I assume yeah. it'll be ready before E3. Okay. Rick writes in. He says, "Hey guys, first time emailer, long time listener. With <laughs> Dust 514's uprising expansion overhauling the graphics on May 6th and the game officially coming out of beta on May 14th, do you think it is too little, too late?" Also, should the devs make a push to release it on the PS4 to get early adopters on board? I don't play myself, but I could be inclined to go on PS4 with the right marketing. Thoughts? Beyond. I mean, Colin, in my opinion, wrote a really good piece about this, which is that I think those 5 and 4 kind of may have missed its window, I think. Like, I I think there was a time when if they had just pushed this game out, you know, even if it was a little buggy, like, even if it just needed to be patched, like, I think it could have hit that window where there weren't that many games coming out and where it was kind of unique, but... Man, I just feel like now, especially after, like, there are a lot of PC people playing, like, Planetside and all these games mm-hmm. that kind of did a, a similar idea. And yeah, free-to-play, first-person well. shooter, all these other people. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, like, any update that fixes graphics or increases E functionality is really cool. And I think, like, like the overall idea of Dust is awesome and brilliant. But, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, coming out a week before Microsoft announces their next console, leading into E3, like, I, I don't know if it's, if it's going to be able to garner a lot of attention. I mean, my thing is to flip it and talk to Rick. 
do, do you care? Do, do you, anyone listen? Does do people listen to this podcast care about Dust? Because when Dust was had wasn't in beta or wasn't closed beta, we knew little about it, and we didn't know anything. We when we just wrote an article here and there, people couldn't get enough of that game. Yeah. Those things killed on IGN, and then it went beta, and then it opened up the beta, and no one talks about it. I feel like people jumped in and were like, "Yeah, oh man, this is complicated." Nope, out, and they were done, and that was the end of it. And now it's this g- game that's just out there that yeah. we'll see how it turns here on five one four, but. Yeah, I mean, traffic isn't, like, off a cliff or anything, but it's definitely plateaued. Like, I, I think, sure, like, as there, far the, as people I mean, looking, we used, I mean, how many emails would we get to be on about yeah. it? How many, you know, there was this chatter about this game that nobody knew about, but it was this first-person shooter that was free-to-play, and it was an MMO, and da-da-da-da, and then now it seems like nobody talks about it. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the impetus for my story, which you can read on IGN about, if Dust514 missed its window. My conclusion is is that it did, because, like Greg was saying, I've ju- I just looked at the traffic for stories. When we used to write about Dust514 at E3 or... We'd have the guys on, you know, David Reed and those guys. Yeah. That 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 shit would do really well. Like Greg said, like the, people cared about Dust Five One Four. It's ambitious and all that kind of stuff. I think that, you know, I think what's really clear. I played Dust Five One Four a bit, and I, it is really complicated. I don't know if I don't know if they fix that or not. It's just also not a great shooter from what I what like what I played. And and the questions I was asking them is like how. You know, there there's a conundrum here. There's like an inherent conundrum with Dust Five One Four that I didn't really realize until I sat down with CCP and really talked to them about it. And I talked to them about it for a long time at GDC. That's where the story came from. And I asked them, I'm like, you know, they're kind of emphasizing that this is a shooter that anyone can jump into and play. That um, you don't have to care about the metagame between Dust Five One Four and Eve. And in fact, they expect that most people will never get fall down what they call the rabbit hole. That they expect that maybe five percent of gamers will care about the connect connectivity between Eve and Dust, and that they'll get involved with um, corporations and try to coordinate shit and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Now, here's the problem with that. If people are not going to care about the metagame, then they're only going to par- care about the game as a first-person shooter, free-to-play first-person shooter. But how is it going to stand up to Killzone or Resistance or Call of Duty That's or Battlefield problem. when they yep. all play better? You know, exactly. and unless and in, like so, there's like a there's a conundrum there. It's like you have to make them care about this metagame because if they don't, then they're not going to care about it as That's a shooter. That's what makes you yep. special. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what makes you special. People are willing to pay top dollar for a good first-person shooter, and if you're so into first-person shooters that you only buy one a year, then you're invested in that, and that's what you care about. If there's nothing special about your game, right? If it is just a another first-person shooter that does this, that, and the other, whatever. But yeah, it's 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 did, weird. Did it's they w- talk to you when you talk to them about what they need to clear microtransaction-wise to make this actually be a success for them? No, I mean profit? they they didn't talk much about that. I mean, they're already making money on the game. I, I don't know if they're making profit on it, but they started selling things in the open beta immediately. Right. So, you know, but they stress that you never have to spend a dollar. Like you really, sure, it's sure. not pay to win. And I and I do believe that um, that they're you know they're being totally truthful with that like you know not really beating around the bush with that in any sense but at the same time like i just think that i think the game did miss its window i think it's missed its window by a long shot because the one of the problems i confronted them with that they didn't really seem to have a a satisfactory answer for me is you know the p this thing is not playable on ps4 it's not playable on ps4 like the hardcore audience that play that goes on playstation network is going to move away from that system you know you'll still have millions of ps3s being used but these are going to be used by people that are going to go back to play what we assume will be you know you know beyond two souls or these games that will still come out but they're going to move away from ps4 and you're counting on those guys to kind of stay in the ps3 ecosystem to play your shooter that will not work on the next gen playstation it's a problem for sony and it's a problem for ccp and so i i think that the the impetus is on them to get this thing working on ps4 and i still sense even though they denied it to me that they are going to do that because they don't seem very worried and they should be if the game is only on ps3 there's a massive investment in this game and while dust 514 is or rather eve online is like massively successful like i i don't know the numbers about dust 514 what it takes to be lucrative and all that stuff for them 
but it just it seems like they missed their window because the game is definitely ambitious the game is definitely cool those guys definitely understand games um, but they brought a pc gaming mentality to console and you can't do that you know like they're, they're just and that's another part of the story i wrote you can't do that like this is, as far as I understand, just thinking about it, the longest, by far the longest beta in console history. And it was never communicated that the beta was basically like just open to anyone and that you could carry your stats over to the final game and all these things. The communication's just been really bad. The expectations are different on console. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this game does, not only critically, but um, if this game even lasts because they're not going to keep the servers running. If it's you know, if it's well, that's what we talk about, right? That I mean, they could. CCP makes money off of Eve, and if they're already making money on these microtransactions, what is the impact on it? You know what I mean? They have a whole studio working on this game, though. I mean, you have to assume that like their Shanghai studio is like the sure, studio that made sure, this. Sure. The Icelandic guys work on Eve. It's this is a tens of millions of dollars investment, like at the minimum, you would assume. You know, like yeah. I, I, I just and years and years, like, and I'm sure that they meant to get the game out earlier. Um, but you know, I don't know what, what happened, but I, I talked to them extensively. I talked to them. One of the things I talked to them about too, was how Eve and dust players look at each other and how they communicate and interact with each other. Um, and that's going to be another piece that I'm going to write soon. It's very interesting. I'll leave you with this, that the Eve players refer to the dust players as dust bunnies. Aww. And it was a derogatory term at first, and is actually now a term of endearment. Aww. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if we'll even get numbers because I mean, they're not. This isn't going to be like reflecting on NPD or anything, obviously. So you know, we won't know. We will be able to extrapolate some information from the PSN sales stories on blog on PlayStation Blog every month, though, because what they the they add on is yeah. Stuff? yeah. Um, we'll see. I think we won't get specific data, but right. Um, yeah, we'll see. Oh, speaking of which, speaking one more thing of- about data. Uh, I'm not going to get too from into the specifics. Trek? No. Hey, guys. It's me, Data. From I'm Star not going to get too into specifics, but on IGN soon, we're going to have a bunch of, like, really detailed data about PlayStation Vita, uh, specifically mm. about sales Ooh. and all that kind of stuff. And so keep, Is, keep are, Will there be up. a pie chart? There'll be charts. Yeah. Can it be made of pie? Sure. Yeah. I can't eat it right now anyway, though. What? I can't eat it right now anyway. Why? Because I'm on Scott Lowe's crazy E3 diet. Oh, God. Number five. Beyond Two Souls is, yeah. re- is reported to last about 10 hours in total. Oh. That's it. Hmm. How do you feel about that? It's too short. See, I now, just, uh, if it's tight, I'd love that. I would rather have a short, tight game rather than like stuff like padding it out in the middle. 100% with Goldfarb in this one. But w- did they talk about different playthroughs? Are there different endings and stuff? Like heavy rain? I don't know. I don't think they got too into specifics. The only thing they talked about was the expectations of how many people will complete the game and all that kind of stuff. No. But they said it would take 10 hours. You assume that there were, what, six major endings in Heavy Rain, right? Yep. There's 22 total endings. Yeah, but there was whatever. like six major arcs, right? Or something like that with the trophies and stuff. I remember having to play it six oh, times or something like that. I believe you're saying. Like significant deviations, Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. So maybe it's a 50-hour game. I mean, I hope The Last of Us is even shorter than that. Oh, God, I hope not. What did they say? They pegged that at 12 hours, right? Yeah. 12 to 16 or something like that, right? Yeah, but in real time. So in, in non-developer talk, yeah, it's like 8 yeah. to 10. Um. Number six, Diablo 3 for PS3 is now available for pre-order. And you can get an exclusive in-game helmet. Helmet! And experience bonus, and an experience points bonus for ordering it if you're so inclined. It's just weird to see Diablo 3 on PS3. No one predicted that was going to happen. Pack. Oh, what? wait, I did. <laughs> it's especially interesting. <laughs> you did indeed. It's especially interesting that, uh, you know, it, it's just so funny how this worked out because they announced this at the PS4 event. And then they were like, but it's actually coming to PS3. And As at well. some point in the future, it will come to PS4. Like, it's just funny that they stealth announced, like... They were like, Diablo 3 coming to PS4, but they stealth announced for PS3. The PS3 one is coming out first, and as of yesterday, Blizzard won't tell us anything about the PS4 version timing or anything. Well, they can't probably. Yeah. No release date yet. Yeah, but they won't even say it's this year. Probably isn't. Diablo 3 is probably not even this year. No, it is. 
We'll see. A PS3 one, I think, is we'll this see. year. I hope so. Everything burns. <laughs> Number seven. Ubisoft has confirmed that Watch Dogs will be getting 60 minutes of exclusive content on both PS3 and PS4. The content will be available on PSN after the game launches, indicating that may be similar to the exclusive content PS3 gamers got with Assassin's Creed 3. It also seems like Sony has a pretty good relationship with Ubisoft. Yeah, Far Cry also. Yep. There you go. Adam writes in to beyond.ign.com and says, Beyond, gentlemen! Beyond. First of all, thank you for all the talk about Saints Row 4. Adam works at Volition. He, oh. he, I, I took out his last name and his title and all these other things, but he works at Volition. He's very thankful that we talk uh, and we enjoyed it at, at PAX. Uh, it really means a lot to us that you guys are excited for our game. My question today, though, is about Watch underscore Dogs. Since it will be a next-gen title, should I buy it on next-gen and risk having some problems, or go the safe bet and buy it for current-generation consoles? Thanks, dudes, Adam. Goldfarb shaking his head. What are you shaking your head at? I would absolutely buy like that and Assassin's Creed and everything else on next-gen. Like I would assume those games are being made as the, with the lead platform on next-gen. I agree with... Uh, I don't know... Well, I mean lead platform PC, but I mean the... The best version, I would assume, would be next. Assassin's Creed, I'm not sold on, being lead platform over there. Um, Watch Dogs, for sure, buying PS4. All that connectivity stuff they're always talking yeah. about. Uh, the cable company's finally calling us about fixing our internet, so oh, I'm going to take this call. You it. can take the show from here. Okay. Hello. Welcome to the New York yeah. Bagel Hour with <laughs> Colin and Goldfarb. Uh, let's just get through the rest of this. Okay. Number eight, Jacob Jones and the Bigfoot Mystery has been revealed for PS Vita. This game looks cute. It's adorable. Uh, it comes by way of developer Lucy Games. will be available episodically. It's also coming to iOS. Uh, comes out in May. It just looks really cute. So I left it as the top story for a little while on PS Vita to get some eyes on it. No one seemed to really care, but we'll see if the game is good when we review it. I mean, I was rolling my eyes at the title, and I saw the art, and I was like, all right, this is kind of awesome. Yeah, it looks cool. Um... Number nine is the final one. Call of Duty Ghost is real. Mm -hmm. A source has given IGN a picture of a poster set to appear in stores, teasing a November 5th, 2013 release date. Uh, that's cool. We've so been writing about that one. But yeah. Yeah. We assume I mean, it'll be next gen and current gen, right? Well, the first rumor was that it was only next gen. And then the second, the Tesco leak was that it was just 360 PS3. So who knows, Colin? That would be lame if they didn't bring it to next gen. I, they have to. There's no way. I think it'll be on everything. All right. That's the end of the Roper Report. I like that pen. Thanks. You got it for me. I did. You know, Colin, I got you that pen, and I got you an irrational pen. Mm -hmm. I, I like to give Colin pens from studios that start with I. If you have a pen from a studio that starts with I, you should send it to me so I can give it to Colin. What other studios start with I? Um, intelligent Systems. Yeah, there you go. Id. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Ill Studios. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there are that many. <laughs> It doesn't have to be a studio. It could just be like if your dad has like a like a textiles company that starts with I, you could you send along one of those pens. Okay. Or a refrigerator company refrigerator, called Igloo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Igloo, exactly. Igloo System Works. If you work for uh, some kind of uh, some kind of other company that starts with I. All right, let's go to the uh, <laughs> let's go to the list of digital softwares and retail softwares and all these things that are coming out on PlayStation platforms. You want to give it to me, Goldfarb? The official list of upcoming Play PlayStation software and all three platforms by the IGN editors. There you go. Yeah, I don't. I don't make the noise. Oh, okay. I Sorry. can't do it. Um, I bet you'd be good at if you tried. I just don't want to do it. That's fair. Um, at retail, Deadly Premonition, the director's cut, is coming out. You were just saying you're excited for. That. I am. I'm excited because so this game came to 360 a couple of years ago, or a few years ago. Um, and if you wade through the crap, it's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be like there's something about it. Apparently, yeah. Um, I mean, some people cutscenes. fucking hate it, yeah. and some people really like swear by it and say it's like a really a, a pretty excellent game. Yeah. I'm gonna see for myself when I'm not watching the hockey playoffs this week at home. I will be playing Deadly Premonition. Makes me a little sad that you're not focusing on other games, but I like Bioshock. Yeah, I'll finish it eventually. I know. Can you finish it before E3? 
Yeah, probably. Okay. How about I, I incentivize it a little bit? Go on. I'll get you something sweet if you finish it before okay. you Okay. All right. I don't want anything. I'll finish it, though. Okay. I want to just get out of the way. It's just sitting there. Um, on PlayStation Network for PS3, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. What did we give that? Something good. Something in the eights, I think. Okay. Something great. Um, I watched uh, Greg play it a little bit last night. Uh, I have a code for it, too, so I'm going to try to get into it maybe soon. The tutorial's really funny. Yeah, it is. Like, it, 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 that's what I saw. It was very yeah. funny. The, the, the music's really cool. I love the 80s, so. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's fun. I mean, it's like yeah. more Far Cry 3 isn't a bad thing, but this isn't more Far Cry 3. It's like this weird... It, like I don't know why they called it Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I guess they thought it would sell better. Yeah. Um, but you don't need Far Cry 3 to play it. Like It's totally... It's a standalone, like the infamous yeah. uh, Festival of Blood. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Woo! funny. I mean, you got, you got your cable? I don't know. Oh. We'll see. He seems confident that he can fix it. Looks like our modem had the wrong boot file and stuff. Oh, damn, that boot file. I hate when that happens. Don't you? Uh, let's see what else. Uh, on PSN, also Telltale Games Poker Night 2... Yeah. Uh, is that we gave that a good score as yeah, well? Yeah, Anthony liked it. Uh, Deadly Premonition like. is also available digitally. Um, on Vita, Soul Sacrifice is out. I gave it a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. Zombie Tycoon Brain Off's Revenge comes to PSN and Vita this week, and it's I'm free re- for PlayStation Plus. Greg, you're playing it. I'm reviewing it. That's right, Colin. Dusting off my old PlayStation hat, doing a little review for you over yeah. there. I played this one at PAX, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not familiar with Zombie Tycoon 2, real-time strategy. Uh, one-on-one real-time strategy. You only have four thing, four squads that are assigned to your face buttons over here. Cross-play, right? PS3. Yeah, that. I mean, one of the brilliant things they do with this game: cross-buy, cross buy, nine ninety-nine, free for PlayStation Plus. Cross buy, cross save, cross play. And what it is is if you have it at like you went home, right, and you bring one of these girls home from Beyond Three Hundred, and she's like, "I want to play some Zombie Tycoon 2. You boot it up on your PS3, right? You boot it up on your Vita. You can invite your Vita to play with you. So on the same PSN profile, you know, it looks it sees Game Over Greggy again, or in your in your case Garfep, and then invites yourself over. Interesting. Here's the downside to all this: the game's not that great. Oh, it's not bad. Single player, it, I is boring as all fuck because it's not. When I played it at PAX, I was like, "This is fun. I'm enjoying myself because I was playing multiplayer. Multiplayer is really fun. Single player though isn't one on one real time strategy. Instead, it's like." You have your squad, and maybe, and not maybe, you don't have like every button assigned to somebody. You just have a couple things, and you have to like take them through to like, oh, now you got to sneak past all these people, or now you have to do this, you have to beat this, or take down this nuclear plant. And they can go on a long time, and they can be really stupid. And it's just like, man, I really just want to do the fun multiplayer thing. I'd rather it be a bunch of bots, me playing, you know, oh, you know, Colin bot or whoever bot, and I'm just playing these different people. But then you get into multiplayer. It's cool that they have that option, but the other, the flip side of this problem is they only have one map. So real quick, it starts to seem really repetitious. To me, it's, I mean, without having put pen to paper at all on the review, but having done a commentary with Anthony that I'll have up uh, whenever, uh, I mean, playing a bunch, obviously, too, I would say I'm I'm probably somewhere in the sixes with it as far as a review score. But, I mean, obviously, as you know, Beyond Blitzer, it could change. So great idea. I really love the multiplayer aspect of it. I just wish that it was just that. I wish it was more maps. It was more, I mean, you can choose your different characters and their strategy to which monster you want to bring into it and you can take over but it's like it's it's not doing it for me and I, I think it's a great idea that didn't get thought out did he get the list name right when he introduced it mm-hmm. are you sure because Roberto writes the in official the official list of software on all your platforms by the IGN editors right Roberto says every week you guys do the list wrong you've been allowing Mr. Garfep to leave out the first IGN I decided to let you know because this is obviously a very serious issue impacting most of our lives and is redundantly Wait. quite an erroneous mistake. Can I try it's, and say it? Can I try and say it first? You looked at it already a few times, but go ahead. I when did I look at it? You kept looking at my paper today. Don't I, act like I you was haven't been. At your drawing. Sure, you were. Okay, no, I'm not going to say it now. Now that I've been go ahead, go of, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go. Fraud. Go. <laughs> the official IGN list 
of upcoming software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. No. Uh, he's, he, I think he's right that I left out one IGN. Though. Well, right there, you left out PlayStation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Roberto writes Damn in and says, it's the official IGN list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Do, 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 do. Okay. Now, you can call it Roberto because it's always been do's, and he says boo's. Mm. Boo, 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 boo. We got to rethink the list, too, because what, what, what are the three platforms now? It's PS3 and Vita and PSP? Well, it's yeah, because nothing's coming to PS4 and nothing's coming to PS2. So we'll just keep it the same because PS4 will replace yeah, it's PSP. Yeah. Technically, we don't even review PSP games anymore, though, so it's kind of just like, and I don't think anyone plays them anymore. So whatever, except in Japan. Yeah, they. Love so them. I'm confused. What you're, you're, so it's PS3, and PS v- Vita, and PSP. P. Yeah, but soon PS4 will replace. You still, you still mention when PSP games come out. Like right now. PSP, new PSP game. Tac Heroes Big Red One is available digitally. Fucking it's a sequel to uh, the Big Red One. The Call of Duty game? Yeah. Uh, PS2, Katamari Damacy. Ah! And uh, it's a PS2 classic. And demos for Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, and Telltale Games, Poker Night 2. But wouldn't that be four platforms then if we're including PS2 and PS2? Well, th- but they're classics on PS3. They're on Vita or PS3. Yeah. Blood yeah. Dragon's out this week, today, right? I missed yeah. that yeah. part of that in the thing? Yeah, we were just talking about it. Did he, did he talk about watching me play last night? Yeah. Like, what a soundtrack. What a effing soundtrack yeah, on there. Yeah. Bitch. Love it. Um, let's check in with the listeners. Okay. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Um, ba, 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 da, ba, da, da, da. Dylan from New York writes, and he says, I'm a huge fan of Batman, the Batman Arkham games. Do you think that there will be a huge quality change now that the developer is not rock steady? And also, what do you think the odds of Injustice Gods Among Us getting a sequel are? Go far, bleed me off. I'm going to say we don't know as far as the quality dip for uh, Batman. I mean, like, I'm I'm not optimistic that it can live up to Rocksteady's quality, but who knows? I mean, yeah. we, we haven't even seen it yet. If, like, if, you're, if you're watching at home, listening at home, and you don't understand what's happening here, Rocksteady, they made Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City. Yep. Uh, Warner Brothers has now given to Warner Brothers Montreal – Batman Arkham Origins. Yes. And so they're doing this own thing. Uh, when they announced this, that was kind of buried in their little release about it. And then Rocksteady came out and said, no, we're totally behind these guys. They have the right idea. They're using our tech and our assets and blah, 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 blah. And that's why the games look so similar already, just from some screenshots, not yeah. for much. But there is that question of what's happening. Uh, but Lee- there's also, like, rumors. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, there's rumors that there's multiplayer. There's there's Sure. It sounds a little different. And, I mean, different is not at all a bad thing. That could be yeah. the best thing. Like, that could be great. But, like, I... We don't know. Like I'm, I'm not thrilled about some of the stuff I've heard, but who knows? Like maybe when we play it, it'll be amazing. Right. I, I'm actually right now more excited. I think we've talked about this more excited for the Vita 3DS one than for yeah. the Collins one. one who's always talking about how much he's excited for that one. Um, and as far as injustice, I mean, totally. I, we haven't seen sales numbers yet, but assuming it, yeah. assuming it sold well, that, I have I to be, imagine that yeah. sold well. And like the, yeah. if you've beaten the end, the ending of it, totally open for a sequel. And plus, I think people will just want it. Yeah. What uh, the hell is this potato salad picture? It's so good. Oh, it's a picture of you and potato salad. IGN retweeted it. <laughs> if you missed it, ladies and gentlemen, today, beyond, uh, we run a loose ship. <laughs> and so uh, Colin got bogged down with real work and having to do real work. So we had to hold it off just like 15 minutes while he ate lunch. And so then when I checked my Twitter, when he was supposed to be eating lunch, he had tweeted something at Goldfarb, kicking him off beyond. So I yelled at Colin <laughs> to stop eating his potato, finish eating his potato salad so we could do it. It was a huge bowl of potato salad. I've never seen and a bowl of potato a, salad. Then I made a photo there. of Colin's face in potato salad. Colin, Colin was eating salad. literally five pounds of potato salad. It was salad. just with his hand, too. Yeah. Just his bare hand, it not was, even a spoon. Yeah. He just had his hands tied behind his back and dipped in like he was bobbing for apples. Bobbing for uh, For me, to personally, I'm not, I, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think there's going to be a huge quality shift in the game. I think it is going to 
feel different, and I do think that they're going to get, I bet, slammed for that. I bet, like, you know, a lot of reviews are going to be like, well, well, it's clear that Rocksteady didn't do this game. Batman Arkham Origin is fun, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, of course, we don't know. We haven't seen it. Like, I, my guess is that Rocksteady is working on a next-gen Batman game. Like... Jack writes into Beyond at IGN.com and he says, Greg, I remember some controversy about Paul Dini being bumped from writing the next Arkham game. Now that it's been revealed that Kevin Conroy isn't attached either, do you think this is all perhaps because Rocksteady is working on their own next-gen Arkham game along with Dini, along with Conroy? Thanks and Beyond, Jack. Hamill, too. Well, yeah, Hamill's, yeah, he could be in there, too. He could be in the mix. Um... I mean, he had said when Arkham City, when I think when Arkham Asylum came out, he was like, this is the last time I'm going to play the Joker. He says every time he does it, And yeah. then he did it in City. Um, we've seen leaked, like, pictures of, like, marketing material for this that kind of suggest the Joker's in there, but I don't think we've gotten 100% confirmation yet. Right. Um, assuming he's in there, I'm going to guess it's not Hamill if Conroy's not Well, in here's him. the thing. Here's what it comes down to for me. I remember at one of the Comic-Cons, I talked to Kevin Conroy about, you know... Mark Hamill said he's not going to do this anymore. What does that mean for you kind of thing? And his response basically was, I've been Batman for so long and we've done all these different iterations and stuff, but if Mark didn't want to come back for another one or if this really is his last one, why are you ruining the show for people? I'm not. I'm finishing my coffee. Yeah, with a big old stupid grin on your face (laughs) so you know you're being annoying on purpose. Uh, He had said basically that he might not, you know, that not that he wouldn't come back for it, but that would definitely lessen the fun. And so the fact that Conroy's not back for it, I'm pretty much guaranteeing that Hamill isn't back for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, as far as his question, like, it's possible. I, I've, my guess would be that, like, I think it would be awesome if Rocksteady was doing something other than Batman, to be honest, because I like people, like, I like the fact that Naughty Dog's doing Last of Us. I like seeing people kind of sure. try something different. But if they're doing a next-gen Arkham game, I would be more excited about that one than, than Origin. Yeah, I mean, the, it's one of those things where the last two Batman games have been so good. That it's almost one of those, like, so what do we do? Where would you go next? And I'm not one of these people who gets hung up on the whole, it went asylum to city to world. Like, no, it doesn't, I don't care about that. The scope doesn't have to change. I kind of like Arkham Asylum's, like, Metroidvania. Here we are locked in this one area, and you're going to be able to go to different things rather than the city, which was like, why can't I go in every building? And they have to come up with stories of why people aren't out, right? Right. That's the big thing about Arkham Origins is that they... they, It's Christmas Eve, and everyone's at Christmas dinner. Yeah, that's why people aren't in the streets is because it's Christmas Eve, and you're like, "Eh, yeah, all right, I guess. But I mean, like... Yeah. You hope the next gen, like right, like that would be the big thing. What if they, what if next gen, you're looking at games like Watchdog and everything, Watchdog, Watchdogs and everything else, and they really could do a living, Fully breathing populated. Gotham City where you go and there's people on the street and there's random crimes like Spider-Man Two and blah 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 blah. You know, Greg, there's a game that does that on current gen, and it's called Lego Batman Two DC Superheroes. But I'm talking about like there's people with crimes. There is all kinds of Lego people in that city. I think you're talking about Infamous. That's the real, oh, well, real yeah. the real gem that does it. Right, Colin? Give me some bones. Nux. Give me some Nux oh, right there. Oh, wow. <laughs> ah, some Nux. I'm going to give you some bones. Infamous Boning nux. across the table. <laughs> um, so, yeah. not We don't know what's happening with Batman. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing, right? Like, obviously, we would love to answer all these questions, but we legitimately don't know. Like, once we see it, I think it'll be... I'm excited for when we finally see that game in action. I hope a bunch of us see it so we can just talk about it and see what people think. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Do Blackgate. That's yeah. that's gonna be the jam. Black Prison. That's the the Vita one, right? Yeah, the ah, armature one. Yeah. That and 3ds. Which See, that concerns me, me right? Because yeah. yeah, it's just gonna be a port of 3ds right. to Vita, which exactly. I exactly some of that that low res trash. Although, yeah. I mean, if you look at oh god, what was that game called? Um, Lego Batman Two on the Vita. Nope. Lego Batman no, Two. No, there was that 3DS. game. Uh, Virtue's Last Reward. Oh yeah. Uh, was on PS3. Sorry, on on Vita and 3ds, and like looked pretty different on on Vita. It looked better on. Vita. Still like a turd, though. Could be like that. <laughs> Mark Shim writes into beyond.ign.com with quick fire questions. Okay. Colin, here's a really tough one. Islanders or penguins? 
<laughs> Get the hell out of here. Mark Shim, write a real fucking question. That's your goddamn problem. I'm not even answering that. Garfep, 2K Studios, Insomniac, or Naughty Dog? 2K Studio, like, I just let's just 2K? say Let's just say irrational. I think he probably means irrational. Okay, well, irrational. All right, then. I mean, yeah. If, if you're talking, like, all of Take-Two Studios, like Rockstar and stuff, then, then definitely that one. Greg, Infamous Second Son or Uncharted 4? Infamous Second Son. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. The game we know about or the game that's not even confirmed. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready for more Sucker Punch. I'm ready for some more. Me too. It's been too long. Open world, superhero adventure. I'm ready for some some more Nate Fox gifs too. I hope yeah. they show up at E3. <laughs> <laughs> that gif is the My, oh, my yeah. favorite thing from the PS4 event is the Destiny guys who don't know what to do with their hands. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> um, man, I love, I love quick fire questions. I'm going to say those weren't among the best. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark Shim shows you how not to do it. Yeah. Put not <laughs> Step a, up your put game. Put not a clinic over how not to do quickfire questions. So, the ladies and gentlemen, beyond at IGN.com with your quickfire questions. We still love you, Mark. Here comes a beyond from Trevor Cannon. Beyond. Hey, fellas. The Uncharted series had treasures. Spec Ops The Line had intelligence. And Bioshock Infinite had voxophones. So if the Beyond crew had to guess, what kind of collectibles will The Last of Us have? Dog tags. We don't. Yeah, we, uh, Trevor, we Box love you. Phone. We love you. We, we don't have to guess. We we know the collectibles. They're Firefly are. dog tags. There's Firefly dog tags in there. There are there. He said he had some suggestions. His suggestions were Survivor Diaries newspaper clippings. Uh, you're finding that too. Like one of the things I found in my demo was I picked up a a notepad that a guy had written on all these crazy ass notes and stuff and like letters and there's there's all sorts of collectibles from the old world or as the outbreaks. Plus, there's a trophy attached to. Um, you know, like in that one scene in the E3 demo where you walk into the bathroom and there's just two people dead in the bathtub? Yeah. There's a trophy if you get into the bathtub with them. No oh, way. No, 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 no. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, you um, have to find 50 of those scenarios. You have to get in there and watch their <laughs> The 50 bathtub. One of my favorite ways of doing this was Dishonored, which was that you're not picking up audio diaries or whatever. You're, you have the heart with you at all times and you can use it as much or as little as you want and it provides a really cool exposition. I, I'd like to see more games doing that. That'd be very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond, episode 291. Thank you so much for joining us. We're the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. We take that responsibility very lightly and talk about <laughs> yeah, the medical Obviously. <laughs> but we're glad you're along for the ride. We love you very much. We're excited for Beyond 300. Remember, if you want to come to Beyond 300, only RSVP if you're sure you can be in San Francisco on July 12th. Otherwise, you could keep somebody from coming. That, and we don't want to do that to anybody. But email beyond at IGN.com. Why are you doing that? Beyond at IGN.com. Subject line. Beyond 300 invite. Why, why, why do you get all sad when I ask you questions? I'm just having fun with my straw. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he used to tell his mom in his bedroom, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, it looked like a straw. <laughs> <laughs> and she believed you. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Number one PlayStation podcast <laughs> on the internet. Uh, yeah, Beyond 300, all that jazz. Uh, follow us. Go to IGN first off and read articles at IGN.com and on YouTube.com slash IGN. Follow us on Twitter, IGN's IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Garfep is Andrew Guardfold. See, every time. Like, I know it's coming. I know there's a speed bump in front of me. There's like a cow in front of my motorcycle, and I can't swerve around it. What if you did my name first? What if you said Andrew Goldfarb is Garfep? Would that help? Andrew that- Goldfarb is Garfep. Yeah. We'll try that from now on. Greg always regrets fucking. I know. No, I have no problem remembering the yeah. Twitter handle. Yeah, it's something about saying Garfep is Andrew Garfold is where it yeah. wants to go. Yeah, yeah every yeah. time. Do you always regret fucking elderly people though? Like all, every time? Yeah, I've never had a good experience fucking an elderly. What person. What are we talking about with elderly? Like like on Medicare elderly? elderly? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like like we're saying like 
90 plus. Usually it's like, like I hear, I've fallen and I can't get up. And I'm like, well, time to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, no that's harsh. It's Colin Moriarty, the newly minted senior editor. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we like to close out the show with a song. We call it Ryan's Wrap-Up in honor of Ryan Clements, who died in a boating accident not too long ago. If you have a song, send it to beyond at IGN.com. Give us a little story, just like Devin did. Devin says beyond. Beyond. Hey, yeah. guys, I wanted to thank you guys for all the hours of work you have gotten me through with the many years of podcasts you have done. A few weeks ago, you said no one has sent in any songs in a while, so I thought I would send in a song from my band, Death by Pirates. We are an indie rock band that just finished our first EP, and I would love and be honored to have our first single, Robots vs. Werewolves, played on your podcast. Thanks again, Devin. Devin, you have made our wishes come true, so we will make your wishes come true as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Death by Pirates with Robots vs. Werewolves. Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.